This podcast is a part of the More Podcast Network. Hey everybody, welcome to the Daily Leader Podcast by Pattern Talent, where we interview great leaders and we seek to understand leadership. I'm Brad McDonald. And I'm Taylor Jessup, and we really hope that you enjoy this episode. Exciting episode of The Daily Leader. I am Taylor Jessup here with my co-host, and we have brought back one of our favorite people, Shane Kuyper today, who is going to be unpacking a number of different things for us that we're super excited about. Shane, thank you for being here, good sir. Uh, Real quick, just before we get in, uh, we always like to give a couple shout outs. So uh, here is to the department, our special cheers. Yay, department. Boom. All your podcasting needs. Also, check out Jesus from Video Pilot. April Norris is... uh, Uh, our sound gal there. She's fantastic. And uh, Ellery May, we thank you for the candles today. So with that, man, um, Shane, so you've already been on the podcast once. Thanks for coming back. Yeah. You didn't hate us too much. No, it was a blast. I loved it. You had a good time. Thanks for having me back. Brad, I think had some fun. Did you have any fun? I didn't. I thought it was great. Yeah. No, Shane, you did a fan. You did so well that we were like, man, we've got to have this guy back. Like that was, that was like my first thought as we were wrapping up, we just had like, we didn't have enough time to really get into all the things that we wanted to talk about. Right. So, um, look, I know last time I'd done messed up and I started talking about, um, you know, identity hoops, but I don't think we spent quite as much time on like the healthy competitor, which is a little bit newer for you. Um, but I'm super excited. My company has walked through uh, some of your curriculum with the healthy competitor. I know you're doing it with some other companies. I just love to hear a little bit more. Like, can you just tell us what the healthy competitor is and what you're doing there? Yeah. Thanks. No, you didn't done screw up. Well, man, the I cool done screw up sometimes about IHI and the healthy competitor is that it's the same content. Yeah. Um, and so what what we found is that all of this curriculum that we've developed for college basketball coaches and teams, um, I was unaware of how well it parallels hmm. to leaders outside of the basketball world. Mm, that's right. Um, and I like to even still use basketball language with business leaders. Yeah. Because you guys know leaders. I mean, that you can connect dots. Yeah. And the sports terminology makes a lot of sense um, because we are all performers. Coaches are performers, leaders are performers, employees are performers. And so a lot of this stuff that we talk about in the healthy competitor is competing from a place of health. Mm -hmm. So if I could, if I could know who I am, what I'm doing here and my why and my values and compete from a place of, um, of health, then everyone around me gets healthy mm. as a result of that. That's good. So that's a little bit of the foundation and the the, the start of the healthy competitor. So yeah, no, that's super solid, man. I know uh, walking through it and you walking our team through it, where I'm currently employed at, uh, was great. And you being able to use like I could tell all those basketball you know references and different things that would come over. Which by the way, Brad would not get because he's very limited in his sports acumen. Uh, no, it all comes across really, really clear. And it is cool that those two translate, right? That like healthy doesn't matter the field. Yeah. That's right. Well being, being healthy doesn't matter what industry you're in or what you do for a profession, right? I agree. This is about getting healthy and how do we help people find health, which I, I mean, you guys know I'm a friggin' hot mess. You know, <laughs> so, so I think this is just good for, for everyone here. So, um, Brad, 
Let's, you, you ready so to dive in a little bit? The, the piece that I feel like in our last conversation we didn't get to focus enough on is this idea of core values. And so I remember when I was 18 years old, I was exposed to this prem, premise of core values for the first time, not only applied to, to me as a person, as an individual, that I as an individual actually have these deeply held convictions, these core values, that whether I say them or don't say them are a leading part of everything that I think and do. Mm. And, and then also I got exposed to them in the business world in that context for the first time. So I would love for you to just walk us through why are core values so important? And then as a follow-up to that, what do we need to do in order to begin the process of creating them? Hmm. Well, I wish I would have been exposed to core values when I was 18 years old. That's pretty yeah. cool. And I think rare. Yeah. Because yeah. you're really That's old. Great. So that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're so old, man. Yeah. It's only been in the last three, four years for me that I even was aware mm. that, yeah. that identified. I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, you'll probably never get caught up at this rate <laughs> yeah. to those of us who got such a head start, but I'm sure you'll be successful in some ways. So our young listeners are fine. The older the listener yeah. gets, the more SOL they are. That's a good way to say that. Okay, good. Just yeah. checking. Just I like checking. to think of trajectory a little bit differently. Than <laughs> in a little bit healthier. Whatever way. makes you feel better. Mine's Shane. a little steeper than yours. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you're, you're cruising. Yeah, I'm kind of a <laughs> slow burn. Whatever, Taylor, we're, yeah. we're very, whatever, you, whatever you do, Brad kind of sets the bar and then we're all down here trying yeah, to just play just, catch up to Brad. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Me, meow. Yeah. You, meow. <laughs> okay. um, Did you guys not watch South Park? Man, I wasn't a big South Park guy. I, I mean, wasn't I, allowed to watch it when I was a kid. Yeah, I wasn't either. So, but so my, I, my older brother made me. Wait, what? Yeah. Yep. That's, <laughs> that's trauma. <Brad>. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can talk about that with the cameras you, off later. You watch South Park. That's we're, fantastic. We're not going to be able to step into health. Yeah. Speaking with, of core values, we're going to talk about Brad and how his core values stem from South Park. So <laughs> we're forced to watch. Shane, can you tell us more about core values, man? Yeah. Let's go with your idea. the conversation. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> man, core values for me have been a game changer. Um, so some things that I'll touch on briefly and then we'll go into depth is that um, core values have everything to do with, you said it briefly, like convictions, like this standard that I'm holding myself to. Yeah. So um, I know right now what my top core value is, what my number two and what my number three are. And then I kind of have some that I plug and play. So the, one of the things we'll talk about is like, there's no pressure in identifying your core values because you're growing and you're changing. Mm. Um, and so your core values will grow and change too. Okay. So, okay, so people I, I get core values here. wrong when they say they need to be the same for a hundred years. That's exactly, that's exactly what I lean into because what I've heard before, and maybe when we go back to some of that early training I had, it was, Hey, these are fixed. Yeah. You know, these are non-negotiables yeah. is the word that gets used in reference to core values. Right. But, from from what you're saying, Shane, that's not really true to experience, is it? No, and I can I can understand the frame of reference of the fixed mindset in that, like because there are things that I think that are just always true about me and in my design, but that doesn't mean that. So that doesn't mean that honesty is not a core value, um, or not a value of mine if it's not in my top three, mm. but. 
the more that I grow and change, I'm finding things that are true about myself that I didn't know. We talked about that in the last one. Mm. And so as I grow and mature and I'll, I'll share my core values too. Like th- th- I'm at my best when I'm making the decision based on this value. Mm. And maybe I'm, I'm just kind of at my average self when I'm making decisions based on this value. It doesn't mean it's not true. It's just not highly ranked for as highly ranked. Okay. So let's see. Here's another 30,000 foot when we talk about values is that um, it's a decision-making process. So every decision that I make either moves me toward who I want to be next or away. There's no middle ground. Mm. And that's what I love. And it's so deep and exciting and scary about values is me drinking this, parking, um, yelling at my kids, making a decision to invest in this business or that, um, that's either moving me toward my values or away. Okay. So values is who I want to be next. So last night when I was getting into the, uh, kettle chips, I was making a values decision. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. What was the value decision? Well, have you had the uh, air finished kettle chips? No. I can explain it to you then. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't understand. Yeah. I've, I've experienced that from sprouts, you get them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The salt and vinegar. Yeah. And so, so here, the, like my number one value, and this has been for the whole time that I've been trained and, and researching and, and walking other people through identifying their values is health. It's my number one value. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about health, the physical part of it is only one fourth of it. So, but my physical health does matter. So eating that late at night, that would be an away move. Okay. That would be an away move. And, um, and just to clarify that a little bit, when you're making an away move, yeah, when you're choosing an away decision, yeah, are you thinking that verbiage in your mind and, and are you using that verbiage to catch yourself in the midst of that behavior saying, oh, this is an away move. I should probably stop this and, and kind of turn around and go. Yeah. And that's where the Go con- towards. the word conviction, because like when I think about conviction, it's not necessarily like who I want to be. It's like not nah, who I don't want to be. Convictions are convictions are like the not side of it. Like mm, no, yeah. I don't want to do that, or that's not a good decision. Um, so here's a funny story. Like I told Coley, my wife, that I don't want to drink sugar anymore. Just a random drink sugar. Good yeah. for you, Shane. Okay, good. Yeah. I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> so sodas like like whatever um, mixers, like things like this. I just was like, yeah, that's probably a way that I could have healthier teeth and healthier like I play pickleball a lot. And so I could probably get better at pickleball if I stopped drinking sugar. It's it that would be a toward move for me. Yeah. Like just to be healthier. My top value is health. I was at Sam's Club. Two days after I told Coley that I want to stop drinking sugar, and I saw they got a new white mocha creamer for your coffee. And I bought it, and then I drank it, <laughs> and then I told Coley like that, that same morning she was surprised, and I said, look, this is an away move. <laughs> as, as I, so you knew. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Um, and, and it took two of them. 
And it's like the, whatever, it tasted good. And I was like, no, like, this is not who I want to be. This is not healthy. So I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. So it's like a really yeah, expensive like two cups of coffee. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's like the Sam's Club. Yeah, creamer. yeah. It's like a vat of white chocolate mocha sauce. It's yeah, yeah. um, amazing. Yeah. So Yeah, no, I mean, if you want to swap, uh, we can... You can get, you know, offload that to me later today okay. by the house. And that sounds, <laughs> yeah. um, so the, the, I have the physical part of that value, um, even higher regard is the emotional health for me. So like I have this checklist, like there's four things like the emotional, like how am I doing emotionally? And there are lots of things that I can do towards emotional health. Um, relational, I'm such a relational guy. So if my relationships aren't healthy, I'm not at my best. And so avoiding conflict is a huge away move for me. That's good. Um, and then there's the spiritual part of it. So it's the relational, the emotional, the physical, mm. and the spiritual health. That's my top core value. And so as we identify values, you, you have these descriptors of them. Um, and one of the things that's helpful is like an outcome statement. So like, an outcome statement. If you were to live into this value of health, what would what would it look like? And for me, those four things would be thriving. Those four areas. Um, my number two value um, is this word called mastery. And this one I've actually moved up. It used to be not even be on the list, but this mm -hmm. idea of like getting dialed in with content for my clients. Yeah. Like that's what's it's a huge part of my juice. I get up in the mornings like, what could I learn today mm. that I could offer, that I could grow my, myself, get healthy myself, and then offer it to somebody else. Um, and then golf ticks that, like getting really good at golf, getting really good at pickleball. These are things like mm -hmm. parenting, um, relational dynamics. So mastery, like getting really, really good at something. Mm. Like the art of mastering something is that's great my number two which you. you don't know and you're not a sports guy but shane is one heck of a golfer because i've golfed with him consistently i don't think i've ever come close to winning and he's picked up pickleball i think he's like number five in the world he's probably not that good but he has gotten pretty good pretty fast like so <laughs> so all that is to say that when he says mastery like i know that he means that because i can mm -hmm. i i watch those wheels turning. Like I can tell that your values of health is one and, and mastery is two, mm. even though that's, that's coming up. Yeah. Anyways, brief interjection. Yeah. Continue. Well, just to add to that, that reminds me of the time that you gave me a golf lesson. Oh gosh. Which was probably not a shining moment for you and was certainly not a shining moment no. for me. Everybody on the, at the, the clubhouse was worried <laughs> for the safety of everyone around. I actually went out and bought a special pair of shorts for that golf lesson. Yeah, I'll have you know. Yeah. And I've never worn them again. No, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah. One time only. That's a tour. You give me the mocha Special and I'll give you for golf. Yeah. shorts. Yeah. Yeah. He made a healthy move. I said, Hey, let's do this. We need to, you know, meet with clients, go golfing. So far that dream. Most people would buy like a glove or shoes or a golf shorts. club. Shorts. Nah, Brad's going for the Bermuda. Yes. I needed some shorts. <laughs> needed some, were they cargo shorts? <laughs> no. Okay. No, they were nice. Um, so. <laughs> All right. So what's, your, what's your third? What's your third? Um, yeah, so I'm at my best when I'm getting really good at something. Yeah. Um, so that mastery is... Um, number three for me is still like, I have this like fear of saying it, which is real interesting. Hmm. I'm curious where this is coming from. It's playfulness. 
So when I'm yeah. at play, then people get to experience the healthy Shane Kuiper. It's mm, good. So I'm really, really struggle to be who I want to be when I'm bored. My mom would say that about me since I was, I got a, like, I'm a seven on the Enneagram, like the adventure, the playfulness, the goofiness. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids get to experience that um, when I'm at my best. So um, even in business, like there's a playfulness to what we're doing. Even this conversation, like there's an aspect of like, this is fun. Like let's, yeah. let's have fun. We we really get that wrong. One of the strongest aspects of uh, what I took away from the Chick Fil A culture is uh, kind of this quote by Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick Fil A, where he talks about you know you, you have to do a lot of work so it might as well be fun. Uh-huh. And and you walk into any Chick Fil A across the country, and one of the key reasons why those units are performing at double, triple, quadruple, and even more than average fast food or QSR numbers is because they have a culture of fun Mm. that is distinctive. Uh, It's as a rule across all those businesses. There's a lot of fun being had in those businesses. There are happy people enjoying their work. Mm. And so I've really tried to carry that with me through the rest of my professional experience. And, and I agree that, you know, the truth you, the truth you don't know will kill you. And if you don't recognize how important having fun is, no matter what you're doing, you will become a sad person Mm. very quickly Yeah, because you're not being intentional about staying in this play space. Mm. Yeah. So that, that resonates with me so much, both as a person, but also as someone developing leaders, it's actually something that I focus on with my clients. Hmm. Where are you finding joy in your life right now? And how do we do more of that yeah. in order to see you perform better? Wow. Well said. Really, really good. It's good, bro. Well said. Yeah. Life's too short not to have a good time. Totally. Like this is super simple and like oversimplification, but like, man, if you're going to do it, auctioneering school was the place where our, our yes. which if you don't know, that's, I went to auctioneering school back in the day, but the two things that he said we're going to do is, Hey, work hard and have fun. Right. And I, I think that those two go really well together. And uh, Shane's a good player. You're a good player. You know, like people that play and that have fun while they're working hard, you can't necessarily just say, Hey, I'm not going to work hard. I'm just going to play like in, in the, the business setting, I think. But um, I think that's more attractive. I think people will follow that person more if they're having a good time. I they found a way that. to bring joy. And I think life. that accountability is different in cultures of fun and play and joy and humor. When you incorporate accountability into a culture that has some notion and practice of play, accountability stops being this heavy, dark, depressing thing. And it becomes about improvement Mm -hmm. and about team and about what you can contribute and how you can contribute 1% more rather than all the things that you're doing wrong. Hmm. And so when, when I've seen the healthiest cultures in my work experience, it's been because accountability was in a context of fun, play, humor, joy. And, and it wasn't just a cracking the whip more, faster, better. It was really about what can we accomplish as a team and how can we each play a role in that. Hmm totally sets a different trajectory for accountability. Yeah. yeah, wow. So interesting that you were feeling fearful yeah. 
about talking about something that resonates so deeply with us and we know will resonate with our, our listeners as well. Yeah, see, and now I feel known, seen, understood. Yeah. And I you, like you better. <laughs> Man, isn't that great? Yeah, Just because there's the, like, like I'm 36 years old talking about like how one of the top, like most important things is play. Like it just feels childish, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, well, to that point, my wife sent me a, a stat. Now it, it was on Instagram. So it's veracity. Who knows? Probably not true at all, but nonetheless. You're about to say it anyway. I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> and I'm believing it. Um, that particularly fathers and their children connect around play. Oh man. That yeah. it is the number one that a father will connect, uh, pardon, it is the number one way that a father will connect with their child is through play. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a different, it's a different model than how it works with mothers. Mm-hmm. They connect differently with their mothers. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's really something to that that gets down to the fabric of who we are as people. Mm-hmm. There's a kind of a, a nature of humans and play is just a intrinsic part of who we are. Mm. So love it. Pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. Mm. So that's my, that, that's my number one, two and three. And so I really do like when I'm operating in health and I have a decision to make, Shane, will you come be a guest on our podcast? Like when I'm operating in health, I will rank, I will podcast number one value two, three. And then if I can't make a decision after, after number three, then like I have to reach out for, to help. But the, it is, it's a, it's a decision-making process. Mm-hmm. Our values are, and businesses should make decisions based on their values as well. What is the alternative to values-based decisions? Emotions. And what does that look like? Um, making a decision based on how I feel. So here's one of the coolest things that resonates. And I think this will resonate with everybody. When I make a decision based on my emotions, on how I feel, it has a short-term gain every time. Every time. I feel like I want to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm going to drink that white chocolate mocha. Mm. It feels good, mm. right? Kettle chips. Come yeah. on. Air finished. It Like making a decision based on emotions, it delivers on its promise every time. The problem is that right after that, there's long-term pain, short-term gain, long-term pain. Every time I make a decision based on emotions, mm. feels good. Something good happens in the immediate, in the finite. Something really bad happens in the infinite, mm. in the long-term. Yeah. Short-term gain, long-term pain. Every time I make a decision based on my values, who I want to be next, the standard that I'm holding myself to, there's short-term pain. There's growth, right? There's short-term pain. Something hurts. Something is stretching me, making me feel uncomfortable. But every time I make a decision based on values, there's long-term gain. Short-term pain, long-term gain. So every time I make a decision, I go one of two ways. Long-term has implications on both sides of that. Yeah, yeah. What do you guys think? I, I like that. I, I mean, I hate that, yeah. but I like it. <laughs> like that's how I, that's how I feel. Yeah. Because I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. You know, they, I, I, for me, when I'm giving into emotional decisions, it is those like, oh yes. Okay, fine. And then you're right. Like rarely uh, does that necess- like emotional choice net me anything in the long term. Yeah. 
Um, no, maybe sometimes, sure. maybe there, you know, there, there are times when my emotions are going to line up with truth, Absolutely. right? But oftentimes I treat my emotions as if they are truth and mm. emotions are not truth. They're just indicators. Whoa. Well said. Right. Yeah. So if an emotion is an indicator, then I have to ask myself, is that true? Mm. And it seems like the best way to do that would be go back to my core values yeah. and say, Hey, okay. If I am to make this choice emotionally, does it line up with my core values? Yeah. If it does, then okay. Then yeah. that emotional choice can be okay. Yeah. Most of the time for me, those emotional choices are like spur of the moment. Yeah. Right. It's quick. It's, Hey, I'm in Costco. Oh man, I'm getting this. Yeah. Right. Sam's and then, Club. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You get your Sam's club people. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. That's good. I like androids and Sam's club. <laughs> that makes so much sense right now. That makes so much sense. <laughs> the this side of the table, the side of the table. Is uh, to our listeners, phone. please enjoy this podcast. Apologize. With this is going to be the last yeah. one we do. We literally just lost like a thousand Instagram yeah. subscribers right yeah. there. Just, just unfollow. We, yeah, we dislike, also gained a whole bunch more. Unsubscribe. The, the whole Marcus podcast Bam. is gone now. Nobody's going to get core values. They're Inappropriate content. Get, we just started a battle. It, and the battle is app. Apple and Costco versus Android and uh, Walmart. Sam's Club. Sam's Club. Yeah. Same people, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but man, no, I think that's really good. And it's a good, it's a good tool, good framework for me, right? Because then you can really quickly apply. Yeah. You can really quickly apply, okay, all these decisions that I'm making, are they lining up with the me that I want to be or not, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, and I know my... My ability to index into making emotional decisions that feel good is like the resistance there is so much less. Mm. Like the resistance to making the good choices that are going to be long lasting, like that that's like swimming up a river, but it's important because that's the only way you grow. Super important. Right? That's when the muscle stretches and tears and it yeah. hurts yeah. and and you go from there. But it's it's interesting because we keep talking about these core, this idea of core values in terms of movement. And one of the things I've heard you say before, Shane, is that, you know, core values really, f they kind of function like a compass. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that compass idea and how it relates to core values that, cause I think it's a great illustration for what we're talking about. Yeah. So like in, in basketball, we would come up with a game. So here's the, the compass is a tool, like the values driven way. Um, it's, we, do we do like links and show notes or anything like that? Oh yeah. Yeah, sure. So Big we, time. we can put, we can put the, the values driven way, values versus emotions driven way. Yeah. Um, so you guys can, if you have a good diagram, we can drop it into the actual recording, the video. Right. Okay. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you make it appear? <laughs> yeah. Can Jesus do that? That'd be cool. Yeah. Stretch it out. And okay. so like the, right. you'll, you'll be able to see like there's a lighthouse, um, and so, and then there's a decision that we need to make and we can either stay on the values driven way or we can go to the emotions driven way. So this Got is it. the compass, right? Yep. So we're letting our values be our road, our roadmap. Okay. And also this is another cool conversation, like in business or in coaching, like if you're a coach of a basketball team, your values need to be the bad guy, not you. Mm-hmm. Right. Like a lot of coaching things like, oh, I got the good cop, bad cop type of relationship, assistant coaches, or in business, it's the same way. Like, I got to be an a hole. Do we cuss on the podcast? We try not to, but Taylor okay. always does. <laughs> yeah. Jesus uh, fixes it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's like this passed down leadership style of like the, the head honcho is the bad guy. <laughs> 
Like, are there other honchos or is there just the head? No, I think there's just the head. Yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah. not, there's not the sub Bro, head I've honcho. I've never heard of a not <laughs> honcho. Like yeah. The assistant yeah. head honcho. There's no like peasant honcho yeah. or the lower employee honcho. Coley follows someone on Instagram. I can't, it's a singer. He like made a song about that. Like, are there other honchos? <laughs> Or is it just the head honcho? I think it's just the head honcho. <laughs> my, my brain is... Okay, so um, yeah, your values, your top three core values have to be the bad guy. So it's the boundaries, like let those be the... And parenting right. too, like your parenting yeah. value, like let... If kindness is one of your parenting values and and kid is not being kind, let that be the bad guy. So, so, why? That's really good. So why, why let that, like, why is it so important for us in business and coaches and as parents to let the, the, the value be the bad guy rather than us being the bad guy? Yeah. Because if, if my emotions are the bad guy, or if I'm just gonna lay into you, or if I'm going to tell you as a parent, like, just go away, time out when the child actually needs me more than ever, Right. But so if I can connect and understand the decision. So on a basketball team, like, hey, like we, we gotta learn how to ask curious questions instead of leading questions that just get behavior modification. Um, so what I'm thinking about based on on what your question, why let my values be the bad guy, is because then it allows for relational health. It allows for me to connect with you to say, hey, what you're experiencing is true. What we've decided as a family is that this is what matters most. And it seems like you're not able to do that right now. And so we're going to take some time. And then when you're able to re-enter back in, you're welcome to come join us. Mm-hmm. So like that's, that's so I'm, I'm, I'm staying at a place where I'm in my window, like where I'm at my optimal state. Yeah. Um, and the values is the bad guy. So dad's not, sending me to timeout, like it's because of my value of kindness that I'm having to go take some time away. Yeah. That's really good. In business, I think one of the biggest problems I observe over and over again is that a lack of core values. I was actually talking to a client about this yesterday in a, uh, on a car ride. There's no values. And so therefore accountability becomes completely arbitrary. Huh. And in the case that that you're describing, it's based on emotions. Yeah. Someone didn't do something or did do something. There was a emotion that took place as a result. Yeah. And and then a reaction. And what was it aligned to? Hmm. Is a shared belief? Because if it, if it were a shared belief, it totally changes the conversation. So, uh, you know, in our business, relationships is a is a core value, right? We yeah. really really celebrate and build around relationships through pattern talent. Wow. And so that's our second core value. Yeah. So if something is not relational, if I have to do something alone, I'm asking myself, why have, why have I not included another person in this hmm. process with me? Why is it more aligned for me to do this by myself than it is to do this with a partner? Yeah. And oftentimes the answer, it comes down to money. Huh. And then in which case we say, well, is there a way to generate more revenue, to help yeah. cover more involvement with other perspectives and people and time, huh. right? So that's just an example how, you know, I have to hold myself accountable to a core value yeah. that oftentimes financially doesn't make sense on the surface. Mm. Yeah. 
So let me see if this, if this plays, I don't know if it plays or not to connect some of these dots that I'm thinking in my head, Yeah. just to extract it of like, what I'm thinking is the reason we want that to essentially be the bad guy is you can invite that person, that employee, uh, your spouse, whoever it is towards you, and then use the, um, use the core values as kind of like your compass, right? Yeah. So rather than like, hey, we've got this conflict and we're going to get in a fight about it, you can invite them towards you by kind of deflating it, making it be about like, hey, I still want to be close with you, but yeah. like, hey, let's look at our core values that we've set up as a company yeah. and go, does that, does that line up? Yeah. That way, our relationship, right? I heard, um, gosh, who was it? Stanley said like, man, I always want to, uh, be in right relationship over being right. Yeah. And I think that that's really important as a, as a leader. I think we can, we could go on a big debate on that, you know, even in terms of business, but I think that it actually is important. sounds like that, the compass of your core values, like that, does that, does that play? Like, Hey, I can invite people towards me and then together we can, kind yeah. of like do the analysis, does this take us towards our core values or yeah. away from them? Yeah. And I'm not, I'm inviting and I'm also moving towards with a curious like mindset of like trying to understand. Yeah. And, and saying things like, Hey, like help me understand. Like th- that's a great way to start a sentence yeah. when there's something gone wrong. Yeah. Right. Help me understand. Or where it's like, when I move towards you, then I'm, I'm saying like, I, I have to consider that the truth that they're experiencing is also true as well as mine. So multiplicity is, mm. is the, is the term there. Like both are true. Yeah. What you're experiencing is true and what I'm experiencing is true. And so the opposite of multiplicity would be convincing. If I move towards you trying to convince you, even if it's mo- trying to convince you of like, acting in line of the core value, like convincing leads to the opposite of what we want. Hmm. It's the opposite of understanding. It's so counterintuitive. Hmm. And it's hard. It's hard for me to accept what you're saying right now, right? Because when I'm convinced- You're right. That I'm right about something and that that there's moral implication. Like we're not just talking about how someone feels or what flavor of ice cream- you know, or if, whether or not they enjoyed a piece of art or song or or movie, we're talking about, you know, something that I feel like might be in moral violation of my relationship or a standard that we hold. Yeah. And that can be so emotionally charged. Yeah. So for me to look at someone and say, Hey, you know what, from your perspective, I see why you believe what you believe. Yeah. Let's move towards one another and let's move towards this core value together that we, there was a point in time we agreed was more important than our emotions, was more important than, you know, a transitory perspective about something and was going to be this thing that we rally around. Yeah. It's just, it's difficult to, to believe yeah. you're right. Yeah. And to move towards someone who you believe is wrong. Yeah. Well said. So what difficult. you just described would make me trust you as a leader or as a coach. Like if you're moving towards me in a transformational way, but 90 whatever percent of basketball coaches business leaders, it's transactional. Totally. I'm going to convince you I'm right because of the bottom line. Yeah. Yep. And if you don't perform the way that I want you to, there's a seat on the bench sure. next to me. Sure. <laughs> so right. I'm curious how we help leaders actually move 
one step forward in this process. Yeah. How do we actually begin to help leaders create core values? A funny conversation we've had before, the daily leader, we've got four core values. You prefer for there to be three. Yeah. And have some some great ideas around why that's so important. Shane's so, just wrong. He's wrong. Yeah. I'm not curious we're gonna about move, why he thinks We're going to move towards you, but you're wrong. Um, <laughs> So help us like begin the process. Like, how do I even start that yeah. as a leader? And and then maybe if we have time, I would love for us to kind of workshop, you know, what, be, what core value we need to cut out yeah. from your perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There we go. The three, the, the, the science of three, I think is Jim Collins. It was a book, good, good, not great, or great, not good to great. Good to great. great. Yeah. Um, he says, if you have, if you have four priorities, you have none. Yeah. So it's priorities, values, like there's a little bit of gray area. So the guy that trained me um, in acceptance and commitment training, which is values are a huge part of that type of, if you're a therapist, you call it acceptance and commitment therapy. If you're not a therapist, it's acceptance and commitment training. So um, you have to know what what and who matters to you um, in order to have any shot of being who I want to be next. Um, and so that's the, that's the data behind it is like great. in the decision-making process, if I start getting into my fourth and fifth, it's just one, it's not efficient. <laughs> and then it, we can get some blurred boundaries. We can get a little mm-hmm. blurry. So I, I really like three. Um, it feels horrible. Like for me to not have authenticity in my top three or like a word like, um, adventure, like that's been in my top three before. So that thought of like nixing some of these words that are important to all of us, it's really hard work. Right. It is so important though, to identify the top three things of how I want to make decisions. Um, so that's, it's not like a hard line where you have to have three, like we can, we can work with people that can't get it down to three. They have four, five, tops. <laughs> I think everyone would agree about that. Um, and then like, yeah, so that's, that's the, why I like, I really like three. And then when you're working with a client to actually establish core values, how do you start them on that journey? Um, well, we can put this document on underneath or below or here or whatever. To, um, Sorry. Podcasters. There, you, you can start, there's tons of resources out there. There's lists of words values, words. And so what I like to do is like, Hey, just look at this list and circle every single one that resonates with you. If you like the word circle it, you don't, we're not even thinking about yourself yet. Circle it, go back through a second time, try to underline 10. Okay. And then eight to 10. Now we're starting to get dialed in. Then the really hard work, this could take a long time. Some people can do it really fast where you're going to, you're going to write down three and then you're going to rank them of those ones that you underlined. So now we've identified words. If you're still struggling to do that, there's an exercise that I really like to do with clients or basketball coaches, anyone, um, where it's you, you attend your own funeral, attend your own funeral. And what are people saying about you? Mm-hmm. What descriptive words are people saying about you? Because again, the decisions you make, whether you've identified your values or not, like, in health, when you've operated in health, you've made decisions based on what matters to you. Um, and so think about what they're saying about you and start to write those words down. And now we're probably getting honed in, dialed in on 
your your top core values. There's a couple other things that that we can do, but those are those are my go-to when I help people identify their core values. Same thing with businesses. That's a great start. Yeah. Yeah, no that's really good. So, all right. So, um man, I'm trying to decide, Brad. Do we workshop our four or do we cuz like we have we have plenty more questions. I know like I don't know what which direction you want to go here. I want to hear them. I want to hear what your top 3 are. You want to hear our top three? Well, we have four. We do, which is is the problem. Do you want to read them off, Brad? I got them. Go for it. We said uh, first and foremost was going to be uh, curiosity, mm-hmm. right? And that that was really that was really something that was very important to you. Yeah. That in the way that we number one go about our business, we do it from a place of curiosity, and number two, the way in which we re- approach our guests and our listeners, we demonstrate that value. Yeah. So it's not about Taylor and I bringing someone on our, our podcast to tell them what they should think. It's about us asking great questions so that both Taylor and I and our listeners can understand what they think. Yeah. yeah. Um, number two is community. And that was a big piece that resonated with me because relationships are so important to me. So if we're doing something alone, we need to ask ourselves the question, why are we not inviting others into this with us? Mm, and, and especially if the answer is financial, we know we have... A, a really, really big problem because any time that I can increase my time, I can increase my revenue. Any time that I can increase my time, I can increase my revenue. And so there might be some who are really productivity oriented or efficiency efficiency oriented, and and that principle is difficult for them to understand. But the more that you think about it, the more that you think about the relationship between time and money, you recognize that if you can increase your time you can always increase your money. Mm. And in, in the common thinking, the business world is that labor is bad. Mm. Labor is an expense instead of an opportunity to generate more, right? Instead of an opportunity for abundance, we apply a scarcity way of thinking yeah. to, to time and to labor. So something I'm, I'm really convicted about there. Number three is uh, this idea of competence, which relates to your idea of mastery that we want to be very good at what we're doing. We care deeply about excellence and not only uh, how we do what we do, but how we encourage others to lead. Mm. There's a there's an idea of mastery and of excellence mm. that relates to the skill set of, of leading. Uh, and then lastly, uh, clarity. We want people to walk away from these conversations with increased clarity around what leadership is and how it works. And that might not mean that we answer every question they have. That might not mean that we don't leave them with more questions than answers as a result of certain episodes. But surely the questions would at least be leading them into a deeper level of clarity rather than more ambiguity and confusion. Because so much of the reason why we do this podcast is because of the prevalence of bad leadership. Mm. And we believe that bad leadership is actually detrimental to individuals, families, businesses, societies, and is really the number one problem that each of us need to think about addressing as we go about our day-to-day lives. Mm. And so curiosity, community, competence, and clarity. Mm. How we got the C's, I don't know. What would you change? What would you fix? Fantastic. What questions uh, would you ask? Really oh. coach us up on that process. <laughs> no, it sounds like you guys did great work. And Please try to convince us of something. 
<laughs> the um, the cool part. So here's here's a sentence that I've been working on. It's the primary role of a leader to create the conditions where the personal values connect to the organizational values. Mm. And so my question for you guys would be like, do the and you the the top two for sure. You had your top and do your core values of the daily leader. Is there an avenue, a direct line where you can connect? Yeah, this is why I love doing this because it's my personal value and my personal value adds value to the organizational value. So it's like, yeah. So, so do, does, do my values kind of line up with what we're trying to do essentially? Yeah. Yeah. Are like the policies are the, is the climate, is the culture in place so far where you feel valued because your value mm. connects to the organization? Yeah. Mm. So your suggestion is that there has to be alignment between an organization's core values and the people that make up that organization yeah. who do the work of the company. Yeah, like have you ever worked in a job where you're just like, no, this isn't a fit? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to tell you about the company and the leader by name, if I can too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. But I, I would be curious if, if the conditions were different, if the problem was the job or if the problem was that the leader didn't do a good job creating the conditions mm-hmm. yeah, where that's right. your values can connect to the organizational values. Yeah. Do, well, do you remember what the organization's values even were? Um, yes. Okay. Yes, I do. And, and some of them were really, really good. Um, but to your point, there's a difference between stated values and how those values get celebrated, Uh, executed, uh, how accountability is delivered around core values. Right. And so I think a lot of times the problem isn't, you know, that we've, we've not written out wonderful core values for ourselves or for our organizations. It's that the conditions around those core values, the policies, the procedures, our way of being and doing in the company is totally fractured Yeah, from what those core values actually are. Yeah. Yeah. I heard it said back in my business school, I'm sure she's not the only one, but the head of our, our the, the dean said like, hey, you know, they've said a good idea is worth a million dollars. And she said, that's, that's bull. I won't go on because you guys don't need me to swear again. Uh, but she said, it's the execution of a good idea that's actually worth it, right? And I think what I hear so often is like, hey, we have these core values, but the execution of how do those ex- how do those core values actually connect with our employees? Like, how does how do they actually like with their their personal lives and the way that they make decisions? That's one of the biz- biggest disconnects that I yeah. see. So uh, I think a lot of companies have core values, but are those core values actually the compass that's helping lead the company? Mm. Because typically I don't, I mean, the story that I make up and, and what I've seen a lot of times is, yeah, we've got core values, um, but do they affect us on a daily level? Do they affect us in the way we're thinking and processing and working and doing all those kind of things Yeah. to where like, cool, my employees not only can just like recite them, but they're like, man, I align. Yeah. Like we're lined up. Huh. Right. And that takes an extra, that's like an extra step or a lot of extra steps to help get your team there. That's some pretty deep work in leadership to start going, okay, if we value curiosity, how do we make sure, no, Brad and I are like 
just the two of us, yeah. you know, and Jesus and like people that are like coming in around us. Right. So, but, but to do that at scale, yeah. it's harder and harder, man. So anyway, I, I know we're, we're kind of wrapping up here. Um, well, the, it's so good, Taylor. I'm, it's so good. And I think it's, so there's a, there's a disconnect. So we have a connection problem yeah. as leaders. Yeah. We don't know how to connect. Um, and this is an amazing way to get started. If you're, if you're leading a team or a part of a team where you, you know that there's a, a need for connection, start with core values. Yeah. If you, if you don't know your employees core values, their personal ones, right. Then they're not able, you're not doing your primary role. Your yeah. primary role is to be able to connect his or her, what matters to them most to what matters most to the organization. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you that if you know their core values, um, they're going to feel seen, understood, known, and they're going to, they're going to participate yeah. at, at a, at a higher level. Yeah. Yeah. The byproduct of that, right. Is yeah. actually, you, you may get better performance yeah. than you ever thought. They're going to show up way different. Yeah. They're going to show up way different. Yeah. No, I love that. So this is something you do for companies, uh -huh. you do for organizations, education, across lots of different industries. You've got lots of different clients you're working with. I do. I did this with a professional golfer and it, it was a game changer for him. It changed his life, identifying his core values. And he actually, awesome. he actually thinks about his core values before he hits a bunker shot. <laughs> I or love that. Or a club off the tee. It's amazing. That's like, great. It's actually made him a better competitor, that's a cool. healthier competitor. Yeah, that's right. And so if people want to learn more about you, yeah, the healthy competitor and how they can create their own core values, mm -hmm. how do they find you? Again, my home address. <laughs> yeah. You can just show up at Shane's house <laughs> anytime. And the funny thing is he tells me after the last time, cause he said this last time, he's like, yeah, I'm pretty serious about that. <laughs> I actually think it would be so cool. I show you on a yeah. podcast. Yeah. I just thought I'd swing by. Yeah, I came to one, two, three well, main street, Shane. Not, Shane's not. physical address will be in the show notes guys. <laughs> but for those of you who maybe live in another country, like Australia yeah. or <laughs> something um, like that, how can they find you on the internet? The healthy Yeah. Um, beautiful. We're on Instagram and I would love to connect with you on the email at the email level at the, <laughs> on the email. Yeah, and in our show notes, they'll yeah. be in our show notes for sure. Yeah. So. Shane, thank you so much for coming back, yeah, man. man. We'll have you back again Let's sooner rather than later. Let's do it because we've got so many great topics we want to talk about. Yeah. And, and I think you add so much value. So uh, thanks, man, I appreciate you guys. Big fan of what you're doing and why you're doing it. Hey. So. Thanks, Shane. <laughs> Great to have you on, man. Yep. Uh, until next time then, hey, if you like this episode, we hope that you uh, would go ahead, take a minute, like, or subscribe, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yep.